Welcome back to the program. This is Devin Peacock in for London Live. How often do you pay with cash? How often do you pay with your debit or your credit card? Increasingly, I'm going cashless. It's just easier. There has been a trend around the world where we're seeing businesses decide to go cashless. Sweden is leading the charge on this. Uh, They've stated they'd like to go cashless in a couple years completely for the entire country. There are some restaurants and retail stores in Toronto that have started to go cashless. To my knowledge, there aren't any in London that have gone cashless until now. A few years ago, Globally Local became Canada's first vegan fast food restaurant. They recently opened a drive through restaurant. They're looking to expand across the country. And now they're going cashless. They've actually been cashless since February, according to a sign outside their store on Dundas Street downtown. I'm all for cashless businesses, but not everyone is. Some local governments in the U.S. have either created laws to ban them or would like to do that. The concern is... And there are a couple ones, but one of the main ones I see is some people view them as discriminatory, that homeless and low-income people are less likely to pay cash, and if your business is cashless, there's a potential problem. There are also people who just don't have a bank account. It is, by the way, 100% legal for businesses to go cashless. Even though it's legal currency, the Bank of Canada says it's not mandatory for Canadian businesses to accept cash. According to the Bank of Canada, retailers don't have to take bills or coins because, quote, both parties must agree on the payment method. Rod Duclos is a professor of marketing at Ivy School of Business. He joins us now to talk about this. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. Cashless businesses are something that uh, intrigue me. It seems as though this is a growing trend we're seeing around the world, really, both for businesses, but just increasingly consumers seem to be going more cashless. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely happening. It's definitely uh, a trend. Uh, and, and there are definitely pros to that. So there are definitely forces that uh, make this trend uh, more profitable, easier, more convenient. Um, both consumers and businesses actually tend to gain from that. Um, so for, on the business side, uh, you can save time, right? So if you're a small business owner, for instance, uh, it takes time to count all this money. It takes time to go to the bank and deposit it. So all these time savings by going cashless can be reinvested toward maybe hospitality training or toward marketing and promotion activities to grow the business. It's also helpful because it it reduces uh, money being displaced, misplaced, or put plainly maybe stolen. Uh, So businesses tend to to gain from that. They they also tend to lose in some cases. So the the more cashless you go as a business, uh, the harder it becomes to evade taxes, however. So you can see how like some businesses might be slow at uh, taking up this uh, this trend. I can, um, and yes, go ahead. Yeah, no, I can certainly. I've, I've been reading a lot about this uh, recently, and certainly, I mean, there's. I mean, for me, uh, business not evading taxes is certainly a good thing. I can see why businesses, maybe if you're uh, you know, a smaller business, you're more mobile, not in the online sense, but you're just trying to get around uh, uh, and, and grow the business. They may not want to go cashless, but uh, I can certainly see why you know, there are pros and cons of that. But I think I, I interrupted you as you're going to get to some, maybe some of the cons as well as this, or... Yeah, so on the on the consumer side, you can also think of uh, of gains, right? So it's it's more convenient uh, to go cashless. 
you don't need to carry cash. Like it makes your cash less susceptible to being lost or maybe to being stolen as well. So it's definitely convenient. Um, but consumers tend to lose more. So if, if you look at gains and losses and on the business side or on the consumer side, I think it's on the consumer side that losses uh, are probably the most important, even though they are the least obvious uh, at, at first sight. So if you think of privacy, for instance, uh, when you go cashless, um, it becomes much easier to track your purchases. So what exactly that you purchase with what kind of frequencies and then that makes you more susceptible to behavioral segmentation and targeting on the part of, of marketers. Uh, so you lose, you give up privacy. And, um, and another way to look at it is in, in sheer economic terms. Um, there, there's research that I've done and colleagues of mine have done as well in different labs that look at the, the psychology of money or how the, the physical form of money, the physicality of money has non-conscious influences on actual behaviors by consumers. So when you spend money, when you buy stuff uh, in cash, uh, it's psychologically more painful to pay in cash than it is to pay through what I call dematerialized money. So Apple Pay and credit cards and the likes, uh, which makes that um, people spend a lot more when they pay in dematerialized money. Uh, it's less painful to pay, and therefore you're much more likely to spend. Uh, so there's been research that shows that when people go to auctions, for instance, and they're either paying in cash or paying through credit cards, they will spend twice as much on the same items than people who are paying in cash. Uh, if you go to the mall and you buy yourself a, a pair of shoes for, let's say, $100, uh, Paying in cash makes you less likely to buy those shoes or to buy cheaper sh shoes than if you are planning to pay with your credit card. That's interesting. So, I, so, it's almost yeah. like if you go to the if you're going to the to the casino and you say, "Oh, I'm only going to spend twenty dollars, win or lose." Uh, but if you have, uh, and then once you're out those twenty dollars, which is most likely to happen at a casino, uh, right. maybe it's easier to walk away as opposed to the the alternative. That's right. So, like, uh, for all your listeners, like, when they go to casinos, take cash with you and limit yourself to spending your cash. So this invisible force of, of, of money, so the psychological consequences of money, uh, money's physicality, can play against you uh, or for you, depending on, on, the, on the form of, of money that you, are, that you are planning to gamble with. When I've been reading about this, I've also seen some people mention about uh, for, for businesses, restaurants, retail uh, shops that may go cashless, uh, some concerns they raise sometimes is uh, a discriminatory factor in terms of low-income uh, people are less likely to go cashless than maybe high-income, and some of these businesses could be consciously or not um, maybe discriminating against potential customers. Yeah, that's a good point too. So, and um, and this is something that we probably um, underestimate. So, if you think of countries like Canada, like Western Europe, or the U.S., it's a relatively small proportion of the population who gets their wages in cash. It's not trivial, though. It's maybe like anywhere from ten to fifteen. 10 to 20% at most. And it's not like people will get the entirety of their income in cash. It can be a portion of their income in cash. So if you think of uh, taxi drivers, um, busboys, waiters, waitresses, construction crews, so they get part of their income in cash. Um, and, and therefore, they're much less likely to use dematerialized money 
when they go out to to businesses to pay. But in the in the outside of these historically rich countries, in much of the rest of the world, uh, cash is a lot more prevalent. So in India, for instance, only eight percent of the population gets their income wired onto a financial institution account, onto a bank account. So the immense majority uh, of people in India get their wages in cash, and at a global scale. It's about 50% of workers get their income in, in, in cash. It's interesting. Um, I've Because as, as I earlier, said earlier, I've been reading about this, and uh, it's interesting the way some governments have responded. In, in the United States, uh, there's some uh, local governments that have looked to, to ban this type of thing. In other cases, you've got some you know, states you've, uh, that are looking to try to go completely cashless. Sweden is kind of leading the charge yeah. in terms of going uh, yeah. almost completely cashless in a couple years. Uh, is, is this something governments should be looking at, or is this something where, you know, for some businesses, maybe it makes sense. For other businesses, maybe it doesn't. And is this just kind of like the market to decide. Right. So uh, there's definitely some some uh, regulation issues here. So from a government perspective, um, I think they want to preserve business. So they want to keep business going. And for whatever industry, whatever businesses, um, if their practices are more amenable to spending cash, governments probably should legislate and will legislate in favor of those small businesses. But in the, in the case of Sweden, for instance, uh, governments also worry about fiscal policies, right? So since it's a lot harder to evade taxes with dematerialized money because those transactions get recorded outside of Bitcoin, um, they want to get their piece of the pie. Um, now, if you look at it, why do we use cash, especially very large bills, so $100 bills? It turns out there is few explanations other than money laundering. So um, in the U.S., for instance, it's the, 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 there are several Federal Reserve banks right throughout the country, and they are the ones issuing the, the bills, uh, the denominations. So $1, $5, $10, $20, 50 100 and so on. And when you look at which Federal Reserve banks actually are issuing the most large notes, the $100 notes, it's going to be in the regions where the drug trade is most important. So it's a great, easy way to get the money back uh, in, in, easier, uh, in easier manners. So if you were to make cash, including coins, a lot more painful to carry, to move around, a lot heavier, uh, that would also help slow the trend of money laundering. Uh, so from a government perspective, governmental perspective, limiting the use of cash is not a bad thing. Uh, it, it's going to help the, uh, the, the war on drugs, but it's also especially going to help getting your piece of the taxes by. How do you think uh, consumers would react uh, to this? Because uh, speaking just as myself, I generally, you know, you know, I don't carry a ton of cash with me. I'm, I'm more likely to go... Uh, cashless at at places where where I'm you know if I'm going to a restaurant or or any place and so I can see you know some people saying well this is how I already kind of operate already so for some maybe not a hard transition maybe for some others it might be a little bit uh, harder. Oh no, consumers I think are going to like it uh, as we go more and more digital through our devices and stuff. I think consumers are going to like it. It is indeed uh, a lot more convenient. Uh, what consumers might underestimate, however, is what I noted before. It's their loss of privacy in doing so and the 
invisible non-conscious power of, of money, the physicality of money, how that influences their purchases decision, and that can play against us. Uh, using dematerialized money, as I said, is psychologically less painful when it comes to paying, and therefore you're more likely to spend more. In general, is this something maybe we as you know, a society should be talking about more since there are obvious pros and obvious uh, cons or, or at the very least things we have to consider and realize if we're going to go cashless, which seems like the way we kind of are going naturally anyway, but you know, in terms of how we as communities and governments and whatever want to respond to this, maybe we should be having a, a broader discussion about it. Oh, I would agree with that. I, um, as, as a scientist, I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, knowledge sets you free. And sometimes even knowledge won't suffice to set you free. But in this case, when, when we know through about a decade and a half now of research and experiments that the, the physicality of money, the physical forms of money can sway your behavior as a consumer, I think it's good for consumers to know about these things uh, so they can actually make better, more educated decisions afterward. It's uh, quite interesting. I uh, certainly appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That's Rod Duclos, Professor of Marketing at Ivy School of Business. We need to pause. When we come back, we'll have more of London Live. This is Devin Peacock in for Mike Stubbs on 980 CFPL.